Hello, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis, and today we have the illustrious, the lovely, and the talented, Dr. Carolyn Geis. Yes, she is related to me, and that relation is through the bonds of matrimony. How are we doing today, Carolyn? Honey? <laughs> I'm doing well, Jake. How are you? Very good. Very good. Good job on that intro. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so not only is she lovely and talented, she is also the area supervisor for Area 3 for the South Dakota Animal Industry Board. Correct. And most people are going to say, what is all that? So take it away, Carolyn. What is the South Dakota Animal Industry Board and what do you do? So like most states in the United States, there is a state veterinarian and every state operates a little differently. But our Animal Industry Board is actually a board of industry representatives that kind of oversee animal health statewide and they hire my boss, who's Dr. Odakoven, the state veterinarian, and I work under him as one of the area veterinarians. So there's four of us in the South Dakota split up in four areas. I have area three, which is the southeast corner, and we are in charge of overseeing animal health on a statewide level as far as veterinary medicine is concerned, but then also the meat inspection program, which is a federal program that the state uh, runs in South Dakota. And that's really what we want to talk about today is with the meat inspection program, you oversee the lockers that are not selling meat across state lines. Is that correct? Correct. As a state-run program, we cannot cross state lines with inspected product. And so with that, there are different classifications. And I think with I have noticed is, is people are confused as to what those classifications are because a lot of times it's the same locker that will sell meat in each of these different classifications. So what I hope you can unpack for us today is what these classifications are and what these different meat products can be used for. So um, I'll maybe kind of start at the simplest and work my way up. And probably the one people are most familiar with is uh, what's called custom not for sale. And that is where I have a cow, pig, sheep, what have you, take it into the locker, they butcher it for me, they make product for me, and they give it back to me. Uh, That product is usually labeled as not for sale on it somewhere, and it is not inspected at any point in time, and it only goes back to me. When it says not for sale, the biggest misconception that we hear is um, you'll often find people selling that product, And they thought the not for sale meant that the locker couldn't sell it because it was theirs. But it actually means it cannot be sold, period, because it has never been given the benefit of inspection in order to be sold. So that's why custom product has to go only to the owner. So basically what you're saying is, is if you decide to take in Ferdinand the cow. Yes, he's a bull. Ferdinand the bull, I'm sorry. And Ferdinand goes into the locker and they... Butcher Ferdinand and give you back all of the steaks and the roasts and the hamburgers and they all say Mm -hmm. not for sale. And you take that home and your neighbor says, man, I'd really like some beef. Do you have any in your freezer? That beef from Ferdinand cannot be sold to your neighbor. Cannot be sold. No. But what would be kind of a neat thing you can do is let's say your neighbor says, hey, I know you raise really good beef and Ferdinand's looking pretty tasty. And can I buy a quarter, a half from you? while Ferdinand's still alive. You can make that transaction, what we call on the hoof, which is the animal is still alive, and purchase 
a quarter of that animal, a half of that animal, the whole animal if you want. And now you own a portion of that beef. You own a portion of that animal. You own Ferdinand. And so when Ferdinand goes in, the locker then has to know that you and your neighbor both own this animal and they'll label some of it for your neighbor and they'll label some of it for you. So you can go in on another beef with your neighbor. But once Ferdinand dies, Ferdinand's whoever owns him at that time. Sure. You can't sell Ferdinand later. For starters, we probably should have made Ferdinand a steer if we wanted him to be tasty. He's not going to be that good. No, he's not. Um, But you can serve your custom product to non-paying guests. So if the neighbors come over and you made steaks and they were your custom not for sale, that's completely fine. But if you start, you know, charging by the plate, that's technically illegal. It's non-paying guests. And family. You can, I raid my parents' freezer all the time. That's family. It's totally okay for me to do that. They don't like that I do that. Yeah, but it's totally okay that I do that. Where'd all the ribeyes go? They were delicious. We just hope Brenda and Jim aren't listening. They will now. I'm sure they'll be excited to hear about this. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. I love you. So that's the custom product. But now, obviously, there's meat has to be able to be sold. So how does that process occur? What are the next levels in this inspection process? So the, the big overarching theme to remember that when you see any meat for sale somewhere that's not being sold illegally, like custom product, it has to have been inspected at some point in time. So it always starts at the uh, slaughter process. There's uh, an inspector at slaughter inspecting the animal before it dies, make sure you know it didn't look like crap before it came in. It, it looked healthy before it came in. Um, and then they are actually watching the entire process all the way to the point where the carcass gets rolled into the cooler. And so that's the first step of inspection. So anything that you buy at a grocery store, at a farmer's market, so on and so forth, or at the restaurants, um, it has to be inspected. And so that's, that's kind of the highest level, I guess, if you went on our spectrum of of meat inspection, there's custom, which is not inspected at all. The plants, custom plants are inspected for sanitation purposes. So our inspectors do go there once a month to make sure that they're clean and operating um, legally. But if you go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is a fully inspected plant, there's inspectors there every day of inspection and overseeing the process of what they're making. And Without getting too much into the weeds, there's a lot of documentation and record keeping through the entire process of full inspection in order to make sure that a safe and wholesome product is being made to be going out into commerce for the public to buy. So what you can look for for a fully inspected product is they'll have a legend. And so in the state of South Dakota, it is an outline of the state of South Dakota. And it'll say something to the extent of product produced in plant number, and it'll have a number. And that denotes that that's a fully inspected product. Sure enough. Now, is there anything between inspected and custom that's kind of a middle ground? I feel like you knew the answer to that already. Quite possibly. Um, so I've only heard you talk about this for the past three years since you've had this job. That's so right. Um, so there is. So you can go into uh, a grocery store, uh, potentially a farmer's market, what have you, and see packages of meat that don't have that legend on that I just talked about. But it also doesn't say not for sale. So that's what's considered a retail sale. And the difference is 
trying to think of the best way to explain this because it gets a little convoluted. So a grocery store can purchase fully inspected product. They will get that in. It will have the legend on it, whether in it be a South Dakota legend or a federal legend. And they can further break that down into what we call retail sales and retail cuts. So they have a retail license. They can break things down, repackage it, and put it on the shelves for sale without being fully inspected because it originated from a fully inspected source. The difference between having a fully inspected license and putting the legend on it and a retail license is essentially comes down to where they can sell it. So a retail sale has to be out of that storefront. If I'm a grocery store and I buy an inspected beef and I break it down and repackage it into steaks and ground beef and what have you, I can't sell that to the gas station next door to sell. That's a retail to retail sale and that's illegal. But if I am a plant that processes something under full inspection all the way down to when I package it and the package has that legend on it, I can sell that to any store in South Dakota to resell. Does that make sense? Let's go back to Ferdinand to make it more uh, straightforward for the listening audience. Go for it. So Ferdinand, who is a steer now because we decided that would be much tastier. Correct. Is sold to be slaughtered at a wonderful South Dakota butcher shop. And he goes under a fully, fully inspected. Okay. Fully inspected process. And then Ferdinand is slaughtered under inspection. Mm-hmm. And let's say that Greg's Great Groceries, if there is a Greg's Great Groceries in the state of South Dakota. Not in my area, so you're safe. Perfect. Greg's Great Groceries wants to sell um, little bacon-wrapped filet mignons. Mm-hmm. So Greg's Great Groceries can buy the filet mignons off of Ferdinand and then chop them up into little filet mignons and wrap them in bacon and sell them, but just at the grocery store. Correct. Is uh is Triple G, is that um, a licensed retail store, I'm hoping? That's what I'm saying, Okay, yes. hopefully, yes. Good. Yes. yes. But then, that- yes, they can do that. They can buy uh, a loin and then uh, further process it into smaller pieces, and they do have to properly label it. It's got to have an ingredient statement if there's multiple ingredients, um, safe handling instructions, and there's some other factors. It's got to be labeled appropriately, but we don't need to go into those. Sure, but that's how the retail license could work as Correct. an example. yeah, yep. And you, the consumer, like let's say you raised Ferdinand in the Kobe beef style of giving him beer and potato chips and massaging him on a daily basis, and you know you have a like a, a stellar product, you can actually go take your critter to a licensed inspected establishment and have them butcher something under inspection for you to market elsewhere. And we do have people that do that. They market their Highland cattle or a specific breed of sheep. They bring it into one of our inspected establishments to be butchered under inspection and packaged under inspection for them to take to other grocery stores and sell or farmer's markets or anywhere really within the state of South Dakota. Key factor. Yeah. Unless they're a federally licensed plant. So there is a difference there. There are federally licensed plants and there are state inspected plants. They abide by the same regulations. The biggest difference being is that federally inspected can cross state lines where state inspected cannot. All right. So to wrap this up, is there anything else that in this classifications of how meat can be 
processed and sold that we need to throw out there so the listening audience kind of understands the system? I would say the overall thought process being is that the inspection process is there to make sure that a safe and wholesome product is being made. And it's more of a safeguard, uh, I hesitate to say the word guarantee, just because um, because it was inspected, because all of the documentation was done and the monitoring and temperatures and everything were done, you're you're more likely to have a safe product versus if someone's selling their custom product, well, you don't know if their freezer went down yesterday and they're trying to get it out of there because, you know, everything started to spoil or what have you. I will say the only other caveat is, uh, according to law, custom product also cannot be donated. And that's a thing that we find a lot of is that um, our compliance officers will sometimes go to food banks and find a bunch of custom not for sale product. And that that's illegal as well, which I think kind of gets some people's heckles up because it's like, well, I have this good product and I want to donate it for people who, who can't afford it. And while very admirable, um, the logistics behind why we don't allow it is just because they can't afford it doesn't mean they don't afford to have a safe inspected product like everybody else does. And I'd say most food banks in South Dakota are aware of and enforce They that. are now. Yes. We have some very, very good compliance officers out there that kind of do some routine checks and they'll swing in there and, and look for it. And, and again, a lot of it just comes down to education. Sure enough. Well, thank you for taking the time to stop by the Sioux Nation podcast. And thank you to all of you out there listening. Y'all take care, folks. 